Welcome to the Christian Life Coach Collective. I am your host, Laura Malone, and we're here to talk about life coaching, entrepreneurship, leading yourself well, and lots of spirit-led life and business strategies. So thanks for joining me on this journey, and let's jump into today's episode. Okay, friends, so I hope that if you want to have a solid system set up for your online coaching business, you're going to pay attention next Tuesday, the 21st, when the Call to Coach course becomes available for the first time inside of this big Black Friday deal I'm offering. So get on the email list, be the first to know, and you can do that by signing up for the Life Coach's Mistake Evasion Manual in the show notes, or by joining the Christian Life Coach Collective Facebook group and sharing your email with me there. So it's just going to be everything you need to know about setting up a simple, effective business, including the Sokoka system of processes all coaching businesses need. And if you buy it between uh, November 21st and the 30th, you're going to get two amazing bonuses. One is you get the Niche Clarity course for free, and you're also going to get a free live call with me on December 6th, where we're going to talk about the myths and the limiting beliefs that you struggle with when you think about starting a business or making money doing what you feel is God's call on your life, um, dealing with scarcity and poverty, all the things. On top of these bonuses, the Call to Coach course will be 50% off for those 10 days. So make sure you're paying attention next week. Today, we are talking about gratitude. As in, I am so thankful and grateful for what Jesus did for me on the cross, for my wonderful husband and children, for my friends, my clients, my listeners. I'm great. I have gratitude for the parents that I had that did the best they could with what they had themselves for the life that I've lived. Though there's been a lot of trauma and drama, I am who I am becoming right now because God is still in the business of turning all the hard things into beauty. And he turns my morning into dancing. If there was no morning, I wouldn't know how amazing it is to be able to dance. And I really love dimension, whether it's in uh, textures, colors, sounds. I love the contrast you find in anything that has a deep dimension to it. And that means that in order to have dimension in our souls, we have to accept things like sadness and pain and grief and anger in order for there to be a contrast of joy and success and comfort and freedom. Likewise, sounds crazy, but if I didn't have a fence available (laughs) to me, I wouldn't understand how incredible it is to have gratitude. And of course, I don't want to excuse or justify my offense. If it turns into something, if I do something with that offense, but I'm also not going to deny it and ignore it so that it gets shoved away and rises up later, catch my ankle when it sneaks out from under the rug and trips me up. So there's dimension in all of our emotions And we are supposed to have the whole spectrum of emotions that God gave us. We're not supposed to be perfectly happy all of the time, like controlled robots. Hello, free will. Hashtag free will, right? (laughs) So I release you right now from thinking you're supposed to only feel good feelings all of the time, that if you get angry or offended or hurt or sad, you're supposed to hide it from everybody. You can feel all the things at appropriate times, and then let them flow all the way through and out of your body so your emotions don't get trapped and make you sick. Because emotions like this, they are biochemical responses in your body. They're physical. 
They aren't sins and they don't make you bad or wrong to have emotional experiences. You have feelings. God gave them to you. They're real. And you can think a thought that leads to an emotion that you don't take action on and you can move past it. Or you can think a thought that leads to an emotion that you choose to take action on that does lead to sin or harmful consequences. But the thought and the emotion are normal parts of human experience that God actually created. And your soul has a choice to make as to how it's going to seek to avoid or pursue emotions. Everything we think leads us to want to avoid or pursue certain emotions. And you can actually seek to pursue gratitude, but it means you have to observe what you're thinking and make adjustments so that the thoughts you think lead to the emotion of gratitude. Regardless of the circumstances, you can actually change what you think so you can change how you feel so you can be content in all things. Like Philippians 4 says in uh, verses 11 through 13, it says, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I'm going to tell you, I think if there is a secret to be found of being content in any and every situation, it is setting your eyes, the eyes of your heart, your spirit on things above. It is managing your thoughts and your soul, the things you believe, what you dwell on, what you ingest and how it makes you feel. Manage yourself well. And I do believe that that is the key to being content in every circumstance. And gratitude is a powerful weapon that can be used to ward off offense and discouragement and pain. Your gratitude will actually change the atmosphere around you, especially if you're speaking it out loud. It's essentially the same thing as thankfulness, a feeling of appreciation for something and returning of goodness or kindness. And The Bible says to give thanks for all things in all circumstances, be thankful even in suffering and do everything in the name of Jesus out of a spirit of gratefulness. Now I will say there's a difference between actually being grateful and just being polite or being like fake positive. (laughs) So you can actually have gratitude and operate from it, or you can just be nice and say, oh, thanks. Or you can be fake positive. No, I'm totally, I'm really, really grateful for this pain and this experience. I just really trust God to do something with it. And so, yes, I'm really grateful for this really terrible thing that happened. I'm not saying some of us aren't actually just grateful and we can see and focus on that, but sometimes we're just faking it. And there's a difference between these things. So, Don't get tripped up. If you do those things, if you're polite or you're fake positive sometimes, fine, you'll move past it. But I'm saying make sure you know the difference between true gratitude and being polite or fake positive. I think there's also a difference between being ungrateful and just being grumpy and not really managing ourselves well. We're not in the mood to show gratitude. (laughs) And then there's also a difference between that and being in the habit of not being grateful. So maybe you actually have a hard time figuring out what it even feels like because it's been so long since you 
really experienced gratitude because you're not managing what you think and feel. And if you're not managing yourself and you're not observing what you're thinking and feeling and what you're doing with those things, then you might just not even remember what gratitude feels like. So think about it. When was the last time you felt gratitude? And don't judge the thoughts you have about it or how long it's been. Just find the last time you felt it and sit with that for a few minutes. Let it linger. Remember what it feels like. Can you access that feeling in the next moment when you need it? Like if you're in a hard situation, what if you go to the moment when you felt gratitude, access what it feels like and pull it into this moment and and lean into the feeling, actually change your thoughts to match the emotion that you want to be experiencing in the moment. Can you remind yourself what it feels like and keep the times when you feel gratitude the most at the front of your mind so you can access those thoughts and those feelings when you need them. And if you're in a moment where you're just not feeling grateful, there's no gratitude. What are the thoughts you're thinking? Are you thinking I deserve more? I deserve something better. I deserve something different than this. Are you disappointed because you didn't get what you wanted? That's okay. Just accept that. I'm disappointed. But you have to decide if you're going to keep thinking that way so that you keep feeling how you feel or if you're going to manage that and make changes to something, a storyline that's going to be helpful instead of harmful. And can you see what it is, what really is in front of you so you can find something to be thankful for? You, and go back to like what the word says. Again, doing everything in the name of Jesus out of a spirit of gratefulness. How can you bring yourself back? How can you use the word in your own life, entering his courts with thanksgiving and praise? Like how can you use that to help bring you back and set your mind on the things above and remind yourself, I have the mind of Christ and speak to your soul. Why are you so downcast, right? And I also also want you to just think about negativity bias. We're humans. Our brains have a negativity bias. So that means we're more aware of the headwinds than the tailwinds. The headwinds are like the things that we feel are against us. The wind like blowing at our face and keeping us from climbing that hill. The tailwinds are the winds that are at our back are actually blowing in the sails and helping us go forward. And our negativity bias in our brain like actually wants us to get focused more on the headwinds than the tailwinds. We're more likely to see what we feel is wrong or bad than we are to see what is good and right. And it's your management of your own thoughts and your paradigm and belief system and what you dwell on, what you meditate on that will dictate how much that negativity bias leads you. You just have to remember life is great and terrible. You're not supposed to feel good all the time. Life is not always good. You have to accept the rest of your emotions rather than shutting them all down, thinking, I only deserve fun things. I only deserve happy things. I only deserve good feelings. You've got to accept, and you know, like the, um, I think it's Pixar put out the, the movie, animated movie called Inside Out. And it's all of the emotions in this girl's head. And they become characters and there's anger and frustration and 
disgust and sadness and joy. And joy wants everybody else to change because she thinks she's the best emotion. But when they lose sadness, they realize that joy cannot be full if all of the other emotions are shut down and if there's shame attached to them because they are supposedly wrong or not good. So I I encourage you to, to think about things that you can try to bring gratitude to the forefront for yourself, whether it's journaling, writing it out, like sending somebody a letter or an email or a text message and letting them know things that you're grateful for. Verbalizing and actually saying it to people, really powerful. (laughs) And, you know, using the pearl practice that I teach, you know, intentionally understand what is in your paradigm, the things you believe and think and imagine. And then those are impacting and informing the emotions that you have. And what the emotions that you want to have or don't want to have, whether you're trying to avoid or pursue them, that causes you to take some type of action. Those actions give you results and those results turn into a legacy in the long run, right? So being intentional and actually practicing how you want to think. So you've got your old pearl. It's what you're thinking now. It's getting you the kind of results and legacy that you're getting. And if you don't want that, you have to create a new pearl and you have to have intentional focused thoughts and you have to change your paradigm. You actually have to speak so much to your conscious mind that it informs your subconscious mind and becomes a belief system and a value because the benefits of gratitude are number one, it's actually really good for your brain and therefore it's good for your nervous system and which all of this affects every other system of your body. And so it brings health to you and you sleep better. And you see a bigger picture of the world when you zoom out with gratitude rather than when you zoom in to pick apart how hard things are, how bad things are, you know, and you're going to sleep better. You're going to feel lighter. I I already said that, but you're going to feel lighter to the people around you. That's going to have a dramatic ripple effect. You're going to have stronger connections and relationships. So if you're struggling in any relationship, add gratitude to your half of the relationship and see if something doesn't change. Um, Gratitude, it simply helps you experience the positive effects of gratitude, but it doesn't make all the hard things go away or change the world or circumstances. The situation is still what it is, but your mindset with gratitude isn't going to be so bent on making it worse for yourself by focusing on the pain and the offense and the hurt. You are not supposed to feel good about things that are terrible, but that is just part of life. We have to accept that there's great and terrible. And you also, you don't have to say, gee, I'm so thankful for my hateful family. (laughs) You don't have to say I'm thankful for all of, you know, the trauma or the fact that my childhood trauma happened to me. So I'd one day be able to justify moving away from my family and disconnecting completely without guilt because of who they are, those terrible people. (laughs) You don't have to say, I'm thankful for what your soul has interpreted your life as, but you can begin the process of saying, okay, things are not perfect. You can think that thought instead of thinking the thought, things are terrible. My family is terrible. You can just say, 
things are not perfect. And let that transform into my family is not perfect. The way my family treats me is not perfect. Then you can move on to, okay, I have a family. Or my family is available or around. My family is enough. And like one day as you progress with these intentional thoughts and changing the way you think about your family, maybe one day you're going to get to, my family doesn't need to be perfect. My family is good enough for me right now, the way they are. And I hope that they can feel the same way about me. And you'll find things to be grateful for along the way in that process. But remember that your negativity bias is going to make you think that the headwinds are stronger and more important than the tailwinds, but you alone can manage what you believe and think and dwell dwell on. So if your natural bent is to get around your family at the holidays or when whatever your circumstance is, doesn't have to be your family. Maybe it's your job, maybe it's your health, whatever. But if you're dwelling on and absorbing all of these thoughts and belief systems that are focused on what's against you, then you're not remembering who is for you, right? And your family might really believe they're for you, but you're not acting like it. You don't believe it. And you know what? The only thing that can change is you. Your family can't actually do anything to make you believe something different. You're going to have to do that. They can change their actions, but you are still who you are with the belief you have. And so even if the circumstances change and the people change, um, wherever you go, there you are. You're going to have to deal with you. Another thing is you could just envision something that you can be grateful for that you don't have yet or focus on something you do have that you're grateful for instead of giving this hard circumstance in front of you so much attention. So think about feeling grateful for the family you do have. And if you don't feel grateful, why not? What could you do about that? And you can't change them. You can't change the past. You can only change your mind. You only have authority over you, not other people. And specifically, you don't have authority over your family members and their paradigms or how they feel and what they do with it all. So what are you going to do? And how will you manage yourself? I think about wearing a rubber band around my wrist when I was young to remind myself of something, you know, like snap it when you have negative thoughts or something like that is a physical reminder of what you're supposed to be changing or shifting or doing differently. And I'm thinking maybe instead of a rubber band, you know, on those hard holiday days, those, those big emotion days, the, or even just the times when you're in hard circumstances, situations, or a struggle, maybe when you feel the wind against you and you start thinking thoughts that make anger or shame or injustice or fear rise up, you reach your hand in your pocket and find a smooth stone. And I'm thinking of a stone like one of the five that David used to kill Goliath. And I don't mean that you have Goliath actually sitting across from you, but you know, like we're not going to go throw the stone at your brother across the table when he reminds everybody how you burnt the green bean casserole back in 09, or we're not going to put it in mom's mashed potatoes. So she breaks the tooth, but nobody can find your fingerprints on it because you know that mom likes to talk down to you and make you feel like bread pudding. Instead, Let the stone remind you of God's grace over your life and how he's for you, how you're loved, how he is your all in all. He is your satisfaction. Let him comfort and guide you and bring you peace in the storm and 
remind you that you can have gratitude for all that you have, all the things you do have, rather than drown in the disappointment and anger of what you believe you deserve but don't have. So let Jesus come be your all in all. Our families are made up of people acting like people. Our bosses are people acting the way humans act. Our teenagers are just great people in process. And our significant others are not necessarily against us, but they are just imperfect. Like we are. They need forgiveness, which the Bible encourages us to offer freely. And all those people on the road and inside Trader Joe's that are mean to you, same thing. Still just people in process. Our spirits are fulfilled by God, but our souls want their way. So you can let this be just all part of your process and be thankful for the stone in your pocket that helps to remind your soul to not be so downcast. If you need to, I give you permission during this holiday season coming up or any other time to pick up your phone, tell everybody you have to go have a conversation with a friend walk into the bathroom or go outside or stand in the garage, put the phone up to your ear and listen to this podcast again. You can even talk back to me. So everybody believes you're really in a conversation, which you are, but it's really more with yourself <laughs> and with God. And but you don't have to explain that to everybody. So that all leads me to my last tip where if you have an Apple phone, you can say, Hey Siri, tell me a joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why were time and space invited to the family reunion? They're both relative. Uh, okay. <laughs> she heard me because the phone's on. <laughs> All right. Those, I've had a few good ones in the last week. What did the snail say when he took a ride on the turtle's back? Wee. <laughs> and here's a fun fact. Dr. Spock on t- Star Trek, he had three ears. The first one was on the left side. The second one was on the right side. Plus, he had a final front ear. Okay, come on. At the very least, you'll get back to the table and tell jokes and be silly. Or laugh by yourself and don't tell anybody. So I encourage you to let yourself be different this year because you can't change anybody else. So go do the things that you need to do to manage yourself and bring joy and gratitude and a little bit of silliness into your own life. All right, have a great holiday week, y'all, and I'll talk to you soon. Hey, friends, don't forget to jump into the Christian Life Coach Collective Facebook group if you haven't already, so you can connect with like-directed people and get free resources and ask for feedback, all the things that are going to help support you on your calling as a coach. I hope to see you in there, and don't forget to subscribe to the show.